What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Dear Media IRL is back, and we're showing up bigger, better, and louder than ever. Join us on May 4th in Austin, Texas, for the ultimate live podcasting experience. Watch and learn from your favorite Dear Media hosts as they bring their insightful discussions from your headphones to the stage. Get ready to be inspired, entertained, and watch audio get a makeover. Tickets are on sale now at dearmedia.com slash IRL. See you on May 4th in Austin. Austin, Texas. Hi, it's Dr. Will Cole. This podcast is the manifesto for a new breed of health seekers. This is the art of being well. What's up and welcome to the art of being well. I am a leading functional medicine doctor I get to consult people around the world via webcam, and I'm a New York Times bestselling author. If you want to learn more about my clinical work, our telehealth center, we have brand new telehealth patient options now open, and lots of free resources, like a lot of it. You can check it all out at drwillcole.com. That's D-R-W-I-L-L-C-O-L-E.com. And listeners, we're giving away free healthy stuff every single month, no matter when you listen to this episode. We're giving away free telehealth consultations. We're giving away free signed books, free supplement stack protocols that we have at drwillcole.com. Lots of goodness. All you have to do for a chance to win is head on over to Apple Podcasts and rate and review The Art of Being Well there. Tell us what you love about the show. You can leave your Instagram handle in the Apple Podcast review itself, or you could take a screenshot of your review and message me on Instagram at drwillcole. And every single month, my team and I will be going through the messages on Instagram, as well as the Apple Podcast reviews themselves, randomly picking winners every single month, and then I'll reach out to you. You can let us know what you want, then we can either send you the products that you pick or the signed books, or set you up with your free functional medicine telehealth consult. All right, good luck. Let's get to today's guest. Her name is Roddy Devlukia Shetty. Roddy is a plant-based cook and recipe developer, mission-driven entrepreneur, a fitness and well-being enthusiast, and a trained dietitian, nutritionist, and Ayurvedic student. Whether it's her recipes for a hearty main dish, decadent desserts, or lighter bites, Roddy creates recipes to bring more joy into your life, more spice into your kitchen, and more vitality into your body. She's a brilliant light. I met her through her husband, Jay Shetty. I was on his podcast and she is amazing. They're an amazing couple, kind people. Let's get to today's conversation. This is Roddy Devlukia Shetty's Art of Being Well. Roddy, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yes, this book is beautiful. I read it and looked through the beautiful pictures and the beautiful recipes in preparation for our conversation today. Maybe I'll kick it off with just why this book for you, it, it's definitely, you could tell it's intentional and this is the life that you live in book form and showing people a window into how you, I think, cultivate wellness. So I, I see that. But for everybody that's listening, what was the I mean, background of the book and what made you write this book now? Yeah, good question. So I come from an Indian family where food is and always has been the center of everything. And my mom 
was working full-time when I was growing up, but she still made sure we had breakfast, lunch, and dinner fresh every single day on the table. And she poured a lot of her love for us into the food that we were eating. And so I feel like through eating that and through her extreme enthusiasm for experimenting in the kitchen and bringing in all the dishes that we tried when we were traveling or from where she was born and raised, which was in uh, in Africa to where my grandparents are from, which is from India, like all these things that she's experienced, she would pour into the food. And so I think I honestly feel that love for food has been passed down from my grandma to my mom to me. And it definitely has become my language of love. Whenever I want to show somebody that I care for them, it will be me spending the full day in the kitchen to prepare a meal for them. Yeah. But then on, on the flip side, I also, studied nutrition dietetics. So I was a nutritionist, a dietitian in a hospital. And then I studied Ayurveda, which is like natural form of healing. It's like so old. It originates in India and it's all about how nature can heal your body. You don't need anything else except for learning how external nature and our internal nature, we can optimize it to create optimized health. And so I fell in love with that concept. And I realized that it was something that I'd grown up with, but not realized that I was doing. Like my mom would use spices when I had coughs and colds. She would use turmeric patties whenever I had cuts on my legs. And, you know, everything was so natural in the way that mm-hmm. she taught us, but it wasn't, she wasn't even thinking about it. It was something that had just been passed down to her. But when I started learning about it and realizing that it felt you know, you feel places feel like home, that tradition and that way of living felt like home to me. And I've been practicing it for nearly 10 years now, I'd say, and slowly, slowly learning more and more, incorporating more and more into my life. And what I realized was all those small micro changes were creating little places of more and more joy in my life. So that's why the book is, it's not just recipes, there's 125 recipes. They're all plant-based. I was born vegetarian. I'm now vegan, but they also are intertwined with wellness rituals and Ayurvedic tips that can help boost your immunity and your digestion and just your energy throughout the day. There's breath work in there, which can, you know, helps me with my anxiety in the morning or to uplift me and energize me during the afternoon or putting me to sleep in the evening. Mm-hmm. Basically, it's everything that my incredible teachers have taught me throughout my life from my mom to my Ayurveda teacher, like everything that I feel I've learned that I can share as a student now as a form of gratitude to them. I love that. And you could tell it's like a modern Ayurvedic lifestyle, like manual. It's beautiful. And so is that your mom and is that your grandma in the photos, the beautiful photos (laughs) in the book? What a blessing, I guess it would be to have that memorialized in paper form, right? In book form. It is. Every time I look at it, I actually have the picture of me and my grandma from the book framed oh, one of them sweet. on my desk because it it honestly is like without them in the book it, it would just wouldn't have felt complete so the amount the lens I went to to try and get them here for the photo shoot to make sure everything was within their timelines I definitely couldn't see it being complete without them being in it so I, I'm so happy I got to have that moment and now I get to look back at them and they're just part of my history yeah um, and it's the ethos of the book of the sort of ancestral becoming into the modern world. It's beautiful. Like you've mentioned, the book is steeped in Ayurvedic principles and I think really goes into thoughtful, deep things that I didn't, I learned so much from reading the book. Can you start off one of the initial chapters with just initial leaning in for someone that's completely new to Ayurveda, three principles for everybody to practice by, or at least be curious about. Can you go over those principles and let's talk about them? Yeah, absolutely. And I just want to start off by saying, you know, as much as there are Ayurvedic principles in the book, I wouldn't necessarily say it's an Ayurvedic book just because I also am such a beginner in it. And so I've shared a lot of the basic principles that have changed my life, but I would say the recipes are a mixture of- Inspired. Yeah. Yeah, It's inspired by Ayurveda. Yes. Thanks for clarifying that. I knew what it meant. To me, it was like a beautiful amalgamation of this, obviously central point of, of something that's inspired you was part of your childhood, but it's, it's your personal taste too, which we'll talk about that. You make some customizations, which I love. I love that. So let's, I just wanted to clarify that. I was like, I don't want the uh, the Ayurveda gods to be like, you know, all the the OGs of Ayurveda to be like, this is not what Ayurveda is. Oh yeah. um, We we know, we know they're out there in every, in every (laughs) sector of health for sure. um, But three 
three principles that I would say for a beginner to incorporate. Okay, number one, I would say finding ways, and I talk about this in the book, finding ways to connect back to nature and your body, like reminding ourselves that we do not live in nature. We are part of nature. Like there is not a disconnect. We should be in harmony with nature. And actually when we disconnect from nature is when disease starts in our body. That's when the disconnect starts within our own self. And so a practical way of doing that. So we're so used to putting our health and how our body feels into other people's hands. You have a cough or a cold, go to the doctor. You want to know what to eat? Look at what this influence is saying about what the best things are to eat or the workouts you should be doing, all of those things. Mm -hmm. But actually it should be an internal reflection and then going out. So because we're not used to listening to our inner voice about what our body actually needs, we've kind of quieted it and dampened that voice. So now our body doesn't know whether it should be telling us or not, or if it does, we're not used to recognizing what it's saying. So the initial step of connecting back to your body to understand exactly what it needs is a simple food diary. So start writing down what are the foods I'm eating and then instantly how am I feeling? And then two hours later, how am I feeling? Because food affects all of us so differently. And that's why Ayurveda is incredible because it's so individual. How a tomato will affect your body will be completely different to the way a tomato will affect my body. But if I'm listening to you and you're saying, you know what, I eat this tomato salad every single day and it makes me feel my best. And it's, you know, it's made me, given me six pack abs and it's done this and this for me. I'd be like, no matter what my body says, I'm eating this tomato salad every single day. And so reel that all back, take it back to basics and say, I'm eating these foods. And and a great way to know whether something is good for you or whether it's not benefiting you in that time is food should feel nourishing. It should be energizing you, not depleting you, not making you feel lethargic. Food should feel like it's giving you energy throughout the day. And so assess that. Like that would be my first thing. Connect back to your body by assessing your body and starting to observe it. Observe Observation is like the first step of getting to know yourself. The second tip that I would give is spices. You know, a big intention behind my book was to fill people's spice cupboards by the end of making all the recipes, because I have used spices to heal my body over the past 10 years, and I cannot emphasize how much it has improved my digestion, boosted my immunity, my skin, my energy levels throughout the day, like spices. I see spices as my protective body of armor that I get myself ready with to start my day. And they're very, very potent, but at the same time, they're subtle. You can incorporate them every single day in small amounts, and they will have great benefit to your body. And so start experimenting with spices in the kitchen, play in the kitchen with spices. Like don't be afraid to, whether they taste good or don't taste good, just try them out and see how they make your body feel too. What are some of your favorite spices? What Like if someone wants to lean into this, what's your go-to? My go-to would be, so the three spices I start my morning with, and this is the tea that I recommend. I have it every single morning. It's coriander seeds, cumin seeds, and fennel seeds. They are seen in Ayurveda to be the queen spice blend, amazing for digestion, for gently detoxing the body, for purifying the blood. And especially after we've been sleeping for eight hours, which is when our body tends to do all the cleaning up and getting rid of, it's a perfect time to incorporate spices in your day. So those three spices. And then I recommend for beginners, there are so many spice blends out there. So don't even worry about trying to figure out, does this spice go with this spice or not? No. Go get yourself a garam masala and for your Indian spices, go get yourself a Chinese five spice blend for your Chinese food. Go get yourself, you know, I use a lot of Indian spice blends. There are so many out there. Go, go to an Indian shop, ask the, ask the shop guy, what do you recommend? And he will give you an abundant, like a whole trayful of spices for you to use. Spice blends are a great place to start taco seasoning. There's just so many other options that you can find, but pick three spice blends that you want to experiment with for like a month and just test them out. Love it. And you're using these in drinks, but also obviously to flavor food with soups, right? Sprinkle it into curries, lentils, soups, your vegetable dishes. You know, you can take a humble potato and it will turn into, you could take yourself around the world just by different spices, just using a potato. And so (laughs) I feel like spices are the key to excitement and vibrance in your food. And Yeah, I'd say a lot, you know, our digestion actually starts from the moment you look at food. So actually making it look vibrant and changing the colors and the textures of it and the smell and the aroma of the spices that can help with your digestion as well. Not just what happens in happening internally, but from the moment you look at the food. 
I feel like that's a metaphor for life. All the humble potatoes out there and just spice up your life yes, a little bit. spice up your life. We are all humble potatoes. <laughs> CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Maintaining muscle health is critically important to longevity and enduring good health. Postbiotics, the active nutrients your body makes during digestion, are an emerging driver of good health. Urolithin A is one of the first postbiotics shown to have major health benefits and has become available to all of us. Urolithin A upgrades your body's cellular power grid, giving your body the energy it needs to optimize. Clinical studies have shown that 500 milligrams of urolithin A alone significantly increases muscle strength and muscle endurance with no other changes in lifestyle, just taking that consistently alone. My go-to for urolithin A's is MitoPure from Timeline Nutrition. I have loved this for a long time. I actually had the chief medical officer from Timeline Nutrition on to talk about all the exciting research of postbiotics and gut health, and it helps with something called mitophagy, which is mitochondrial recycling and renewal. Timeline has MitoPure in three different products designed to fit your needs. They have a berry powder that you can mix in smoothies or your breakfast yogurt. They have protein powder as well. It adds the muscle health benefits of whey protein to the bioenergetics of MitoPure, and they have the soft gels. I take the soft gels the most because it's convenient in between consulting telehealth patients. Timeline is offering 10% off your first order of MitoPure. Go to TimelineNutrition.com slash WillCole. Use code WillCole to get 10% off your order. That's T-I-M-E-L-I-N-E-N-U-T-R-I-T-I-O-N.com slash WillCole. I recommend trying their starter pack. You can try all three formats. Don't just drink whatever, drink better. With Hum, you can enjoy a low-sugar kombucha, a zero-sugar kombucha, the first Whole30-approved kombucha, or a probiotic seltzer and soda. They're all freaking delicious. Hum beverages are packed with 2 billion live probiotics to support a healthy immune system and optimal gut health. Plus, it's loaded with vitamin B12 to give a great boost of energy. Hum beverages are absurdly tasty, guys. They're flavor forward, they're easy to drink, and come in a variety of delicious flavors. You know how I'm always talking about maybe for those sober curious people out there, people that want to try an alcohol-free lifestyle, well, I recommend these things because they're delicious ritual that will love you back. You will feel great the next day. You're going to support your gut health and they come in such unique flavors. Let me go through some of my favorite ones for you to try. They have a raspberry lemonade. That's the zero sugar hum kombucha. They have blueberry mint, which is so refreshing. They have dragon fruit as well. And peach tea is another one, blood orange. What I recommend is trying their variety packs. You can see which one is your favorite. Tag me on social. Let me know which hum kombucha is your favorite. Visit humkombucha.com. Use code Dr. Will Cole for 15% off your total order. You can find hum on Amazon for free shipping with Amazon Prime and delivery to anywhere in the United States. 
You talk about these gunas. Am I pronouncing that right? How Ayurveda sees everything in the world, including our food, to be under these three different gunas. Can you define that? And let's talk about sattva and the different modes, I guess, and in, in the meaning behind each one. Yeah, so gunas are, I guess they're translated as modes, but I see them as energies, like every single thing that exists within us and around us contains energy, it carries energy. And so in Ayurveda, it breaks down everything according to energy. And by everything, I mean from what you allow into each sense. So what you hear, what you smell, what you eat, what you see through your eyes, all of those things can be categorized into these three modes. So the modes are sattvic, which is mode of goodness, rajasic, which is mode of passion, and then tamasic, which is mode of ignorance. So those are the three. So goodness, passion, and ignorance. And even if you sit there for a second and you think about the qualities of what those words mean, when you think of goodness, think about what goodness feels like in your body for a second. Mm-hmm. Think about what goodness feels like in nature. What do you what do you see and feel when you think about goodness? Mm-hmm. And it really does translate to the way that you end up living your life or the foods that you eat. So when it comes to food, the foods that are considered mode of goodness are anything that that is fresh and vibrant and contains prana. Prana means life, life mm-hmm. force. And so an apple, for example, when you pick it fresh from a tree, that is when it is at its highest mode of goodness. Like that is when it is at its richest in nutrients. It's most vibrant in energy. And so fruits, vegetables, beans, lentils, legumes, all the sprouted vegetables, you know, sprouts and all of those good things, avocados, all the health things with healthy fats in them. They are all considered mode of goodness foods in the way that they affect your body and energy too. Got it. And then mode of passion are all of those foods where you can imagine would create a bit more excitement in your body, like spicy foods, like really spicy, chili, sour, extremely salty. And so that's not a bad thing, but just know that that's what it does to the body too. It excites the mind, excites the the body, it stimulates, it increases blood circulation, like paprika increases the blood circulation around your body. Like when you eat spicy food, all the blood comes to, you know, you can go Mm -hmm. red, you get rosy cheeks because of it. Mm -hmm. And so they do that to your body and then also do that to your mind. So for example, if you're someone who is trying to live a calmer, more peaceful life, want to concentrate in your meditation, these foods are said to, you know, eat them, but have them in moderation. Don't have Mm -hmm. too much of them. Got it. The sattva, going back to that, this mode of goodness, these foods that are like higher vibration, I guess is how Ayurveda would see them. The uh, the word that you taught me in the book was, uh, was it ojas? Is that sort of the, uh, is that the energy of the food, the essence of the food basically? means vitality. And so essentially what we try, it's seen as the nectar that your body produces from the food that you digest. And so the types, the quality of the food you're eating will determine the quality of the the nectar that's produced that fuels your body, essentially. So the greater the quality of food you're eating, the greater the quality of nectar that's being produced. And then Mm -hmm. imagine it like gold flowing through your body. And the way that we know whether we're getting it is, how is my skin feeling? Is it feeling vibrant or is it feeling dull? Like Mm -hmm. everything that we see externally can be a a message for what's happening internally. So Mm -hmm. I know when my hair's growing well, when my nails look healthy and strong, when my skin feels vibrant, ajas is being produced in my body. Got it. And then you mentioned how these foods in Ayurveda are seen as going into these seven layers of our body, like into our blood, into our plasma, which I think is a really powerful, even a meditation in and of itself of how food can be nourishing in that way. Definitely. Yeah. So we have seven layers of, I guess, essentially tissue that are, that the food has to almost nourish. So if you're eating enough of the nourishment, it will manage to get all the way to the seventh layer, the seventh layer being our skin. And so we have to be so mindful about how much nourishment we're getting in order for it to nourish all those seven layers and get to the part that we actually see. Got it. And the rajasic foods you mentioned being stimulating and things like even onions and garlic, which yeah. I'd love, I'd love to, because I'm coming from a functional medicine perspective, right? And I think of onions and garlic, again, powerful food medicines have a lot of benefits, no shame. I love onions and garlic, but they are p- 
powerful foods. And some people that have bacterial things like SIBO, they can have FODMAP intolerance. And those foods may be just too much for their body while they're supporting their gut health and healing their gut. And then you talk, you have a sidebar in the book about nightshades, which I think I'd love to talk about that. And Ayurvedic's perspective on nightshades it's very similar to functional medicine's perspective on nightshades, which is nothing new under the sun, right? I mean, we're just kind of diff- different times talking about the same thing. But can you talk about that, I guess, the rajasic yeah. foods and nightshades specifically and your take on it versus like a strict Ayurvedic practitioner's yeah. take on it? So starting off with onion and garlic, I would say onion and garlic have extreme medicinal potencies. Of course they do. They, they even in Ayurveda have been used for centuries to help heal bodies. Mm-hmm. But what we've done, and again, adding in nightshades with this, even tomatoes, they can be good for us. But what we've done is we've taken something that can be good for us. And when you use it in extreme amounts, they can have a negative effect. And so even if you think about people who have IBS or IBD, or but as soon as they go to a doctor, they will mm-hmm. give them the FODMAP diet. And it says, cut mm-hmm. this, 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 and they are onion, garlic, tomatoes, you know, mm-hmm. all the things that tend to aggravate or agitate our gut. And so another part of Ayurveda is this, eat things, but know how much of it we should be eating. Mm-hmm. Every single thing has the ability, like even water in excess can damage our body. Mm-hmm. And so onion and garlic are wonderful, but they have their place. And so what we've now done, unfortunately, is we've started adding them into every single thing. Every part of our breakfast, lunch, and dinner has onion and garlic in it. And that's why it's causing more irritation than benefit to us. That's why I also see spices as being a way to incorporate flavor without having to have onion and garlic. It ends up Mm -hmm. being like onion and garlic end up being the lazy man's flavor in a way, because you just know that's what you're going to get when you you, you put it in. It's an easy way to get extreme flavor into your food. Mm -hmm. And so it would be in the mode of, I'd say, passion mixed with ignorance, depending on how much of it you're using. Mm -hmm. Anything that feels bad for you can be put into the mode of ignorance. But the way that it works in our body, if you think about even with garlic and onion, it really stimulates the body. Garlic is also meant to be good for your blood and your blood system. And so it definitely has that quality and that nature. Got it. And coffee is even categorized as a mode of passion, right? Yeah, definitely. Coffee, sugars, they're all in the mode of passion. Yeah. Yeah. And what's the lowest frequency foods? What are some examples, I guess, of the mode of ignorance, the translation of that? Yeah, good question. So I was actually speaking about this the other day and I love the, the, the way that they described it. They said any food that you would end up planting in the ground and can't then produce another life form. So for example, you plant a seed of an apple what will happen? Mm-hmm. A tree will grow, a, a, you know, a, a pl- apple plant will grow. You, you put fruits and vegetables to outside and they will act as compost and you can, you can grow things from that soil that is, that it's in. Whereas for example, meat, when you end up putting meat into the ground, nothing will grow from it. It will just decompose. And so one of the main food sources mentioned that live in the mode of ignorance is meat and essentially flesh because it is, lifeless. The life has been taken out of it. And so naturally when you're eating foods that have either been in suffering, if you think about what we hold in our body, what we we hold emotions in our body so much, it actually becomes part of us. It changes the way our body is even functioning or coming together. And so when an animal has been suffering and then you end up eating the hormones, the flesh that it has now, you're then eating on your plate, you are then also taking in the energy, how that person has suffered, how that animal has suffered into your own body. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that, but then also deep fried foods are considered part of mode of ignorance because again, you're kind of frying out the life out of anything that you're eating that that is deep fried. Mm -hmm. Leftovers, food that's been left in the fridge for a long time. A carrot when you pick it versus a carrot that's become floppy in your fridge by three, four weeks later. So leftover foods, animal products or animal food, and then deep fried foods and highly processed foods. Mm-hmm. The more processed things are, the more it's basically processed means I'm just going to keep taking the life out of this food until there's like just mm-hmm. nothing left. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all wheel drive and three row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home? 
isn't a total mystery with bite clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite clear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at Skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Elevating my style used to mean breaking the bank. But with Quince, you can get high-end, versatile pieces at prices that we can all actually afford. Now you can upgrade your style by snagging killer luxury essentials that sync with your vibe and your wallet. Quince has all the must-haves like Mongolian cashmere crew neck sweaters from $50, iconic 100% leather jackets, and versatile flow-knit activewear as well. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, along with premium fabrics and finishes. That's why I love them and their sponsor on the podcast, because we want to support brands that are going above and beyond and providing sustainable, ethical, responsible manufacturing practices. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash for free shipping on your order and 365 day return. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. JS Health Vitamins is this science-focused vitamin and wellness brand that I love and provides people with targeted formulas to help you meet your personal health goals, created using the highest quality ingredients backed by research. It was designed in Australia and created by expert nutritionist Jessica Seppel, who I had on the podcast. So go back and listen to my conversation with Jessica. It was such a great conversation about gut health, hormone health, brain health, mood, and all the science-backed targeted nutrients that she has found work with her clients. JS Health Vitamins has a formula for all your needs from skin health, digestive health, stress, sleep, hair growth, and so much more. I love so many of their products, but one that stands out is their mood plus emotional balance formula. It contains clinically studied saffron, which we use clinically with telehealth patients. So there's so much research looking at saffron's improvement of mood and so many different things in the body. But they have a clinically studied form of saffron, which has been proven to support a healthy mood, balance, deep sleep as well, and calms a frenetic, anxious, wired mind. They also have amazing magnesium blends. They have fish oil blends. They have probiotics as well. That's the best quality, the highest quality, and evidence-based. Visit us.jshealthvitamins.com slash willcole. Again, that's us.jshealthvitamins.com slash willcole. And use code willcole at checkout for 20% off your first order or subscription. You mentioned growing up being vegetarian and then now being a vegan. And obviously, we're talking about these topics that have a lot of spiritual significance, spiritual traditions behind it, and seeing the world, the lens and see the world. And just so you know, I mean, 
I want people to find out the path that works for them, right? And as a clinician, even, I have patients that are completely plant-based, omnivore all the way to carnivore-ish, right? And there's a science and art to all of this and so much bio-individuality, but I respect people's path. And I was a vegan for many years and then kind of changed, shifted out of that and still very plant-centric, but an omnivore way of eating. But the listeners in the show know, hey, look, everybody's welcome here. And it, we, we want to find their own art of being well. But I'd love to know your journey since you're, you know, you're here at, yeah. on the show. Like, what was that like for you, I guess? And I, what I get from you and just reading the book and knowing Jay a little bit about as well, you guys are not dogmatic in that way. You're not <laughs> preachy. You're not like shaming people. You are, you know, this is just your path and you're teaching your, your journey. Yeah. And, you know, when I'm talking about meat in that respect, I always I totally understand and respect everybody else's way of wanting to eat and live. I think I just share the facts that I've learned and how I've seen it affect other people and how they've transitioned. Like when I'm when I've heard of people transitioning from having a predominantly meat based diet to then transitioning to plant based diet, Mm -hmm. they really do feel that energetic shift in their body, too. And so by all means, like there is no judgment coming from me to any degree. It's purely just sharing my journey and what I've experienced in my life. So I actually grew up vegetarian. I've never eaten meat. Yeah. And so I grew vegetarian and then I turned vegan uh, or plant-based 10 years ago. And you think so, of some like traditional, I guess, Indian dishes, they obviously, many of them you can use ghee or clarified butter, or they yeah. may use egg or different dairy yeah. products. How long, I guess, was it difficult to give the dairy and the eggs up? I So I read a book called Eating Animals by James Saffron. And after I read it, I just couldn't unlearn what it was. And so, you know, every time I think about even buying shoes that I love or, you know, that that I've always wanted or a bag that, you know, it's really difficult being a vegan and trying to live in fa- live fashionably as well, because there aren't that many great options. Now there are, but there wasn't when I was first changing. And so I think the thing that keeps ringing in my mind is like my satisfaction isn't worth something else's suffering. Mm-hmm. And I think that's how I've always trained. I've kind of trained my mind to have that mentality from when I first read that book. And so mm-hmm. I didn't do it straight away. I started very slowly. Mm-hmm. I think over in like a six month to year period where I transitioned just from being vegetarian to plant-based because I wanted to make sure it was sustainable. And so my mom was a huge part of that. I was like, when me and my sister decided to go vegan, she found every way possible to create everything that we loved eating, but in a vegan way. And so Mm -hmm. she experimented in the kitchen. She was the one cooking mainly for us. And, you know, coming from an Indian family, it helps because so much of our food is Mm plant-based. And so, yes, there was a lot of dairy and things that we had to cut out, but generally my mom didn't really cook that heavy on dairy and paneer and all Mm -hmm. the, all the uh, Indian, you know, kind of unhealthy things that we were used to having when we go out and about she used to cook quite clean at home. Mm -hmm. And so it was difficult. Cheese was the hardest. I loved cheese, mature cheddar cheese from the UK. You can't beat it. But uh, (laughs) that was the last thing I gave up, honestly, that pull on a pizza. I was like, I need to have that to the bitter end. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have like a favorite plant-based cheese that you like? Like any pro tips here? Yeah, now I do. But back in the day, I had just seen something where you can make cheese from cashews and I started making that and that was my savior. But now, uh, Miyoko, Miyoko's, yeah, Miyoko, yeah, her uh, mozzarella, clean ingredients, cashew based, delicious. That's probably my favorite one here. There's also one called, what's it called? Moo, 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 No Moo, No Moo, No Moo, cheese. It's like an artisan cheese. She makes like blue cheese and all this different stuff. And so, yeah, it's great. Got it. I love it. If someone's going to be plant-based and we are optimizing their protocol as a pa- coming from a telehealth patient standpoint, I think the Ayurvedic principles of eating these foods makes everything more digestible. So I mm-hmm. think that's the problem too. People think of health, they, the, the epitomization of health is that big salad, that big raw green salad. And Ayurvedic teaches us different, right? I mean, a lot of it, you even talk about cold drinks in the book, but lots of soups, stews, like easier to digest. Can you talk about that and how plant-based is done with this perspective versus what the American vegan may think? Absolutely. A big part, like when I thought about the intentions of my book and why I even called it joyful, it was because I wanted to remind people that you do not have to choose between food that is good for you and food that brings you joy. Like it should be Mm -hmm. both. And so 
we have this, like you said, the, this visual of if I want to be healthy, I have to eat a boring old salad, which is just leaves and like nothing, nothing that's going to bring me joy. It's going to have to, I'm going to have to strip everything back and it has to be basic and it has to be tasteless. And also hard to digest for some people too, hard right? I mean, yeah. Exactly. When you end up eating salads, like that's exactly it, especially with, you know, LA health culture. It's like, no, let's go get a big salad. But actually you end up ignoring what your body's telling you constantly because you've been told that this is what's healthy for you. Mm -hmm. And actually Ayurveda does talk about one of the main things is if your digestion is feeling weaker, if your digestion is not at its optimal, having raw foods will actually create toxins in the body because your body will find it difficult to digest. Raw foods are the hardest to digest because they haven't been, when you cook, it's essentially digesting the food a little bit before it enters into your body. And so your body's trying to make it through all this roughage and all the exteriors of all these raw foods to actually get to the nutrients. And by that point, it's run out of all its digestive enzymes. So Mm -hmm. then your stomach ends up holding all this undigested food, which then ends up fermenting, which then makes you bloated, gassy, makes you feel discomfort in your stomach. And then that undigested food slowly, slowly turns into toxins in the body. So a lot of the time you might find I used to have this, I would eat salads and I would think this is going to make me feel amazing. And I actually feel lethargic and a little bit sick afterwards. And it's because my body's actually not even able to take or assimilate the nutrients from the food I'm eating to fuel my body. Mm-hmm. So raw foods, definitely the cold water and cold beverages. I think there's a big culture of having drinks with your food. And in Ayurveda, it says that actually, if you're digesting food, let your body digest food. Let, let us do one thing at a time. So don't dilute your digestive juices by chugging in drinks, you know, constantly. Don't dampen your digestive fire. That's what Ayurveda considered, uh, refers to our digestion as a fire. And so if it's a fire and it needs to like be, you know, it needs to burn. When you start drinking cold water, you are dampening that fire mm-hmm. at the peak of when it needs to be digesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, the yeah. cold water, the raw foods. Yeah, Just, great tips. And you break it down for us and make it easy. Gut health, as we all know that listen to the podcast, if you're new to the pod, welcome. <laughs> but we know that gut health is extremely important, not just for, of course, digestive health, but it's the cornerstone foundation for every system of the body. It's crucial for overall health. A product that I love that's supportive of gut health in a unique way is from Pendulum Probiotics. They're the only company that manufactures and sells live acromancia in the United States, which is a pivotal keystone strain of bacteria, probiotics, that's getting tons of buzz in the medical literature for its role in gut health. Acromancia strengthens the gut lining and reduces gut permeability or leaky gut syndrome based on in vitro studies. Pendulum also carries a powerful multi-strain probiotic called Metabolic Daily. This is formulated by PhD doctors and scientists from Johns Hopkins, Harvard, Berkeley, and Stanford. Metabolic Daily includes Acromancia and other next-generation probiotic strains. This best-selling probiotic helps metabolize sugars and carbs and converts food into energy more efficiently to improve your metabolism based on in vitro studies. Plus, it also sustains energy levels. Visit PendulumLife.com. Use code WillCool at checkout for 20% off your first month of membership. That's P-E-N-D-U-L-U-M-L-I-F-E.com. PendulumLife.com. Use code WillCool for 20% off your first month of membership. If I ask you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them? Try it right now. How much are you actually paying? Do you actually know? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes, but let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. Do you ever feel like the money is just flowing out of your account and you have no idea where it's going? Well, honestly, for many of us, it's all those subscriptions. Think about it. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, parenting apps. It is endless. I'm guilty of this. We all could be. So I used Rocket Money to help me find out what subscriptions I'm actually spending money on. It was extremely eye-opening and I had them cancel the ones I didn't want anymore. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. 
I can see all of my subscriptions in one place. And if I see something that I don't want, I can cancel it with a tap. I never have to get on the phone with customer service again. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and helps save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting your money on things you don't use, guys. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash willcole. That's rocketmoney.com slash willcole. Rocketmoney.com slash willcole. I want to talk about your 5 a.m. routine, which before you woke up at 3.45 in the morning, which I did. <laughs> at the, to meditate in Watford. But can you go into now the new, <laughs> taking it easier on yourself at 5 a.m. Can we go through your morning ritual? Yeah, definitely. So yes, I woke up around like 4.45, 5am and then I'll brush my teeth, scrape my tongue. Anybody who doesn't have a tongue scraper, people, you do not know what it means for your mouth to feel clean. Okay. <laughs> that is a essential Ayurvedic ritual, especially because all of our toxins build up overnight and the place they build up a lot is on our tongue. So instead of swallowing all of those toxins back in, you have to really scrape them out. So tongue scraper, I have a marma mat that I use. So it's essentially a mat which has kind of wooden spikes that come out of it, not like needles, but just kind of short, small spikes. Yeah. And when I'm just brushing my teeth, I'll stand on it. And that really helps to kind of ignite your nerves again. You've been resting for eight hours, however many hours you sleep for. And walking up and down on this mat, your nerve endings are all at the base of your feet. And so it almost starts creating this uh messaging to your nervous system to your body that hey i'm waking up and so it's a great practice to also help relieve tension around the body because again everything ends in our, our nerves end in our feet and so it's connected to everything in our body and then i make my ccft take it with me into my meditation area and i've tried many different types of meditation in my life but i for the past 10 years have done mantra meditation it's been the one that i've connected to the most and it is an incredible way to be able to bring back your presence to your practice because you're saying something out loud. And so I do the, that for about- And the, sorry, the CCFT, that's the coriander- Cumin and fennel. Cumin and fennel. Sorry, I wanted to just clarify no, that. No, no, yeah. Equal parts, uh, yeah. a teaspoon coriander seeds, teaspoon fennel seeds, teaspoon cumin seeds, and boil it in water. And then and, drink- And that's in the book on page 49 for people. Get, get, get the book, you'll get it there. There's so much research. I really appreciate this. <laughs> hey, you know what? I appreciate it. Thank you. When I was on your husband's podcast and that was one of the things that he did, he prepped really good. Uh, and I appreciate that because, you know, this is your time and I appreciate you and your work. You're such a, an expert in this space. So I, I really want to make it worth your while. The dry brushing. Can we go back to that? Do, do you yes. do that every morning? Not every um, morning? What's that look like? I wouldn't say I do that every morning. It's definitely a practice you can incorporate. I'll do it maybe once or twice a week. And again, so dry brushing is great for Again, energizing your body. You know, if you think about when you're rubbing two sticks together, the amount of friction that happens. And so, and, and the amount of heat that it has produced. And that's essentially what we're doing to our body. So, mm -hmm. dry, you can pick, pick between the two if you want to. There's dry brushing, and then there's a practice called Abhyanga. Abhyanga is oil massaging your body. Both have similar effects. But if you think about one is dry brushing, where it's increasing kind of dry heat in the body. So, if you mm -hmm. notice you've got a lot of phlegm, you're feeling a bit lethargic, dry brushing is great. Abhyanga is great for someone who wants to soothe their nervous system. The oils seep into your skin, they coat your nerves, they help to calm and relax your body. And so two things will both increase circulation in the body, but also have different kind of energies linked to them. Awesome. And so, yeah, then I'll do my meditation practice. Yeah, sorry um, about that. You, you do mantra meditation now. Is that right? And then can you teach us a mantra maybe and maybe the meaning behind it? You go over some beautiful ones in the book. Yeah. But whatever one you want, maybe kind of share one with us. Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, the one that I practice every morning, it's called the Maha Mantra. It means like the Maha means the great, like the great mantra. And there's three words in it. There's Hare, which is inviting feminine energies, the feminine qualities of, of the universe, of God. Hare Krishna is means all attractive. Like, let me invite all abundance, all attraction, the positive energy in the world. Let me attract that to me and also give it out into the world. Mm. And then Rama means reservoir of pleasure. And so 
Let me invite all, not just material pleasure, but let me invite the deepest pleasures that bring me content, like that make me feel content and deeply fulfill my spirit and my heart into my life. Mm. And actually all done in the mode of service, like let me, uh, like God or universe or humanity, let me serve you. Let me be an instrument of service to you. And that's really what the the mantra is. And so it's the way that it's said is Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. Krishna, Krishna, Hare, 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 Rama, Hare, Rama, 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 Hare, Hare. So it's just those three words, but it's repeated in different combinations. It's and beautiful. that's one mantra. How long are you doing that for? Okay, so this sounds good. I, I maintain the morning for an hour and a half, but okay. that is after 10 years and I've built it up and I had a period of time in my life where I really immersed myself in it. And so it kind of sped up this, something that would have probably taken me years to do. I focused on it a lot over like a year, two year period where I was, you know, doing this hour and a half meditation every single morning before I went to work. And so it's just become part of my life. It was something Mm -hmm. I focused on intensely for for some time because I really needed it. You're saying that mantra for an hour and a half exclusively. Yeah. Along with breath work kind of in between help. Wow. So that's, that's powerful. What, what have you noticed since you've worked up to that amount? Yeah, I've noticed, I thought that it would be all up. It's not. There are ebbs and flows, just like with everything else, where there will be days I do not want to be in that practice. There will be days I want to be on my phone while I'm while I'm chanting. <laughs> there will be days where my body is physically there. My mind is completely somewhere else. But there's also this feeling of what kept me going was going through that intense period of having done it and feeling what I felt in myself during that time. So that was how much I was able to serve other people after creating that energy inside of me. It almost created like a bubble around me where things didn't affect me as much. Mm. I would have conversations. I was a lot calmer and where usually I'd be really agitated. It it changed the whole perspective of how I interacted with the world after I created this bubble of good energy around me. Like that sounds so cheesy, but it's true. It's like when you Mm. even, how often do we spend an hour and a half on ourselves in the morning? And not only that, saying beautiful mantras that are inviting so much goodness into our life. Mm-hmm. It's only natural for you to, it's like spending time with someone who has great energy and how you feel after that. Mm-hmm. That's how you feel when you sit and you actually focus on meditation in the morning. Mm-hmm. And so I call it like a little bubble of like energy, bubble of love. And at the same time, emotions and things about myself that came to surface where I really need to work on this stuff. Mm-hmm. Like this is the side of me that I need to work on and everything kind of comes to surface. You start seeing yourself. And that's what I did. And that can be scary and that can be beautiful and that can be horrible all at the same time. But you feel like you're living more in your own reality than other people's reality. Wow. You know, and I think that's a huge testament of grace. I think as someone that is an advanced meditation practitioner, med- med- she, she practiced meditation very advanced for an hour and a half, worked up to that. And you hear people that will say they're just getting started and they th- it's meditation is not for me, right? Because, oh, my, I'm distracted. I'm anxious. I'm yeah. uncomfortable. Like you're an hour and a half and you're still feeling that. We all suck at this. That's the point of it, right? And I remember my teacher said this and I was like, this is so true. Okay. You're sitting there for an hour and a half. That's an hour and a half of your day. What are you doing the rest of the other 20, whatever, 20, three hours or 22 hours of your day, because what you're doing in those 22 hours will affect how deeply and how restfully you'll be able to commit to your practice. So if how, what am I allowing into all my senses for me to even be able to control my senses in those moments? Mm. So actually what you do in that one and a half hours is determined by what you're doing in the rest of your day. So how can I curate my day? How can I create a life internally and externally? What am I doing throughout my day that is facilitating me to be able to maintain this practice? Mm-hmm. And what I it, it doesn't have to be, yeah, there are people with children who barely get a moment to themselves. There will be so many things in your life that would distract you and disturb your peace. But what are the things I can control? Like stop focusing on the things you can't control. You have children, of course, they need your attention 99% of the time. But can I grab five minutes before I sleep? And can I turn that Netflix show off five minutes early? Because if we have time for Netflix, we kind of do have time for ourselves. And so can I, that's what I've started doing. I'm like, I love, you know, there's part of me that wants to switch off in the evening and just watch something and numb myself. But I noticed recently that I'd stopped reading and it was really impacting the way that I was feeling about myself and the knowledge that I felt like I was thirsty for. Mm -hmm. And so 
I will maybe watch something for half an hour, but I'll read for half an hour. Mm -hmm. So find some place where you can throw that in because there will be somewhere you can slot it in. Amen. It's the truth. I mean, we make, there are exceptions to what I'm about to say, but we make time for things that are important to us. And you look at the statistics of how much we, the average person spends on their phone and Netflix and say, mm -hmm. we don't have time for these things. It's just a priority problem. What is time set to? And how <laughs> yeah. many times are you saying ignore? <laughs> yeah, right. My, my wife does it. I don't even have the time because I don't even want to go there. So I, I'm fully guilty of this, but my it's wife, my wife will have it, but yeah, she bypasses it too. I mean, it's, it's a, it's I a did good that thing. I did this morning. I hadn't even hit, I hadn't even hit like, I don't even know, maybe 11 AM. And my thing was like, well, your screen time's over. I was like, okay, well. <laughs> Well, at least it's some sort of buffer, right? It's some mind exactly. awareness tool. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't going to tell you. I talked to this researcher a few years ago, an Indian researcher, a medical doctor. Her name's, I believe, Corey Chaudhary. She wrote a book about sound medicine and the mantras that you're talking about and the research that's being done in India oh. of how these mantras are actually shifting people's health. It's really powerful. Oh, oh my gosh. I'll have to look yeah, her up. Sounds yeah, amazing. Look her up because it's... You're practicing it. I mean, and uh, Colrate Chaudhary, as I believe her name, I'll send you the link. I'll send yeah, you her book, but it's sound medicine or sound healing, something like that. And I, it's been, I talked to her I think, four years ago. It's been a while, but she, the research was very compelling when I met her. It's probably hard. It's like picking your favorite kid, but do you have a favorite okay. recipe that you love? Yeah, I knew this was going to get asked. I was like, God, <laughs> it is like picking a favorite child. Yeah. I had 185 to 190 recipes I created for this book. And then my publishers were like, you can only have 125 in there. I was like, no. <laughs> so I spent weeks trying to uh, kind of windle it down. I would say right now, I'm going to say based on right now, what I'm making the most from it. I have been making, uh, okay, this, can I give you three? Please? Yeah, let's go like a, Good day in the life, three different meals. Okay, a day in the life in my cookbook. Okay, a joyful day in my life. Okay, so I would probably start off with my, okay, my CCFTs in there. So that's the drink you're going to start off with. And then I would say, oh, a loaded toast four ways is always one of my favorites. So whether that's loading it with like hummus and sprouts and just, you know, all the all the veggies you want to throw on there, or I have a spiced avocado one where I do uh, spices drizzled on top of avocado radishes. So, okay, uh, some sort of toast loaded four ways. And then for lunch, I would probably go for, oh, maybe one of my warm salads. I have a superfood nutty salad and it's so, the dressing is like this balsamic tahini dressing. It's got veggies. It's got your protein in there. It's got all these nuts and seeds for all your healthy fats. So probably would go for that for lunch. And then a dinner, I'd probably go for either my roasted red pepper and tahini tagliatelle or a dal because dals for me are comfort food, like a mm -hmm. beautiful lentil dish with lots of veggies in it is something that I feel like is a hug for my belly. And I have a, my go-to red lentil dal in there. That's a good one. Oh, and then you've got a it. cheeky sweet treat. Got something in there for you too. I'd probably go for, what's a fast one? Oh, well, I've got cookies three ways. Maybe one of those cookies. <laughs> I love it. I was going to ask you what Jay, I remember Jay telling me once that he loves sugar, maybe a little bit too much. So what is your, what's his favorite recipe in the book. Maybe it's a sweet treat. Well, he doesn't believe that anything, something is considered a dessert if it's not chocolate. Like if I put, <laughs> and if there's fruit with chocolate, that's a no. So it has to be decadent and chocolate. So I have this one dessert, which he definitely loves, which is my chocolate mud pie. That would probably be his go-to. Or if we were going real fancy, the triple chocolate brownie black forest celebration cake. Wow. Delicious. Amazing yeah. photo. <laughs> There is a recipe by Jay in, the, in this book, the one and only time he ever cooked for me, Jay's Mexican <laughs> rice. It has been made once, never again. And it's actually a, a hit. So he made it into my cookbook for that. <laughs> I love it. That's so good. All right. This has been a joy. I didn't plan on that pun, but it's been a joy to talk with you. The podcast is called The Art of Being Well, you know. So at the end of every episode, we have your art of being well, mm -hmm. which we learned so much, but I want to pick your brain of few different things. What's the worst tasting? You mentioned at the top of the conversation, even if it, a spice or herb is not great tasting, try it. We hate the bitterness. We hate weird tasting things in our culture. Mm, good question. I don't even know what you call them here. No, in my language, let me think of something else. What's it? What's something that I eat that I don't enjoy? I enjoy a lot of things. I'm trying to think of if there's anything I really dislike. Honestly, I'm not the, I really find CMOS difficult to 
eat. I've been trying to take it every morning and I like gag every time I'm eating it. I just chug down water. So probably those have anything that's seaweedy, I find difficult to stomach the smell. That's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. That's a good one. That's pretty, yeah, pretty preferred taste. Yeah. The next question is, uh, do you take supplements? And if so, what are your top two supplements that are helpful for you? So currently, you know, I, I believe supplements change just as your body does. And so I actually change the supplements I'm taking depending on how I'm feeling right now. For the past two months, I've been taking CMOS since I came back. I actually really loved, I love how it, it's been feeling for my body. I've heard so much about it. And it's just a tablespoon in the morning with some water. It's so rich in vitamins and minerals. And so that's something I'm trying right now. So far, so good. And another supplement I take is Shatavari. Shatavari mm. is amazing for the female hormones, the female body. Uh, I really recommend it for any woman at any stage of their life. Great. What's your dream ideal vacation, dream holiday? Adventure mixed with some sort of relaxation. So that's usually how me and Jay do it. We'll plan a trip and it will be one day on, one day off. So one day we'll go out to adventures and go looking at places, somewhere with history and culture. Like I love going and seeing old buildings, old sites of things that have happened. Like just, you know, something with that's rich in culture. So I love going out mm -hmm. and about, but then spending a full day at a spa the next day and relaxing, reading, hanging out. So I don't like it being one or the other. I kind of like the change of pace every day as we you move through it. I love it. Do you have, you mentioned spa. Do you have a favorite spa that you love going to in the world? Oh, in the world. Mm, you know what? There's one in, in California actually that I've been going to, which is lovely. It's called Spa Realize, R-E-L-A-I-S. It's got such a nice atmosphere. You kind of feel like you're in Europe. It's it's really spacious. It's got vineyards everywhere. It's got beautiful olive trees everywhere. And the buildings are beautiful. So that's the one that comes to mind right now. I can't remember the lot where I went in other countries, but that's a beautiful one. What's your favorite? Let's maybe just do the UK. Favorite restaurant in the UK. Maybe people don't know about it. Maybe people do. And when you're there, what do you order there? Oh, favorite restaurant in the UK. Okay, UK, my favorite restaurant would have to be Indian food in, in the UK is the best. So what would I pick for the Indian UK one? One would be Mildred's. I'm just going to put that out there for like overall plant-based, delicious, all cuisine food is Mildred's. I'll just throw that one out there because the Indian ones are a little bit smaller and the names are a bit more confusing. So Mildred's, definitely. Mildred's. Yeah. What is it in all around the UK yeah, or so the good thing is they've got places all around London. So there are lots of ones all around London. And then on honestly, for an Indian one, if you want good South Indian food, there's one called Saravana Bhavan. And they have them all around London as well. And that's a good place to get authentic South Indian food. I love it. Last question. What's a book that you've read? It could be fiction or nonfiction that was just like eye-opening or got you thinking in a in a brand new way. Mm, I'm reading The Courage to Be Disliked right now. Mm. And that's really helped me. I mean, the ultimate book that changed my life from reading it is the Bhagavad Gita. That's a hands down the book that mm. transformed my life from the meditation that I do to the way I live my life to every part of me changed after reading that book. But right now, one of the books I'm out of the books I'm reading, uh, The Courage to Be Disliked was a was a great one. Do you recommend if someone wants to read the Bhagavad Gita and get the most out of it, just, just starting out, do you recommend them just picking up the book and reading it? Or is there a sort of, I don't know, like a study on it on different yeah. verses? There's this one book by a monk called Sutapa, and he really breaks down the Bhagavad Gita in, in a synonym book where he breaks it down so it's easier to digest and apply to your life. Because the Bhagavad Gita can be quite abstract and hard mm -hmm. to apply to. When I first read it for the first time, I kind of just read it as a storybook versus understanding how it impacts my life. But mm -hmm. then I studied it. I studied it for six months and I went to a course every single like, sorry, for six weeks. I went to a course every single week and I learned in-depth study of it. It's definitely more of a scholar book, if I'm honest. Like when I read it, mm -hmm. you can probably get bits and bobs from it when you're reading it for the first time. But then when you start looking at it as a scholar, that's when you start, it's like studying your life. Like that's, that's mm -hmm. the way I recommend doing it. So courses online, getting this book, but then also reading it and see what it, what, what does it bring to you? Like, I think it's a beautiful book to just read through for the first time. Yeah. Thank you for that. I'm curious. Do you know what Enneagram you are? It's a personality. I don't. 
I, uh, uh, do you, you know well? Out. Tell me. I'll have to send you the link. Take the test, okay. and then let let me know later. I will. I'm, cu- I'm curious. It's been a blessing to meet you finally and to talk with you. Thanks for coming on. Where do people go to get the book and tell them where to go? So for the book, you can order it at joyfulbook.com. www.joyfullbook.com. It will take you to anywhere in the world that you are. It will take you to the right place for you to buy it. And then you can find me at Radley Devlukia on Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok, and all the other bits. <laughs> Thanks so much for coming on. Thank you. Thanks again for listening to The Art of Being Well. If you have a chance, please rate and review the podcast here. And if you like what you're hearing, hit follow and pass it along to a friend. To see more, head to drwillcole.com slash podcast. I'll be back again next Thursday, and I hope you will too. Talk soon. This episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.